I'm Joe White, the voice of Chris Redfield. When I'm not surviving the horror of the Spencer Mansion, I'm listening to the Crimson Head Elder podcast. This is Katie O'Hagan, the voice of Mia Winters, and when I'm not babysitting temperamental bioweapons, I'm listening to the Crimson Head Elder podcast. My name is Richard Wall. Just think of me as a ghost from the past. This is Paula Rhodes, Evelyn in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. This is Michelle Ruff, the voice of Jill Valentine. I'm Riva DePala, the voice of Rebecca Chambers. Hi, my name is Allison Court. My name is Sarah Coates, the voice of Marguerite Baker, and you are listening to Crimson Head Elder Podcast. Wanna come to dinner? Welcome to the Crimson Head Elder Podcast with an overwhelmingly positive critical response and enthusiastic fan engagement not seen for over a decade. We are privileged to host one of Resident Evil 2's highly talented actors as our very special guest. Jolene Anderson, actor and motion capture for Ada Wong in Resident Evil 2 and motion capture for the iconic spy in Resident Evil Damnation. Jolene, thank you so much and welcome to the Crimson Head Elder Podcast. Hi, thanks. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. We've got myself, George Trevor, asking you questions. And over in Pennsylvania, we've got the Oracle Dragon. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. My nerdy name is George Trevor. And um, <laughs> Aaron has a much a much fancier name. George, should I get one? Should I make a name for myself? <laughs> well, you're, you're Ada, aren't you? <laughs> I'm Ada. It doesn't get better than that, does it? <laughs> oh, I've been trumped again. I went for the boring architect. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so first question. Uh, this comes from Bloody Eye in North America and from BSA Arclay in Wales. And Jolene, they want to know, when were you first made aware that you were to be voicing and doing motion capture for Ada Wong in the remake of the seminal Resident Evil 2? Do you recall when the recording sessions took place? And it must have been, it must have been very difficult not to announce to your friends and family that, you know, that you had scored this iconic role. Yeah, I know. it. That's, that's really frustrating. It's hard to go back. We've been working on it for a couple of years, so it's just kind of been an ongoing process. So I think I auditioned for it a couple of years ago, and then we kind of went into production, you know, which kind of takes, it's, it's a really lengthy process. So we've sort of been at it for a while. You know, they let you know almost immediately, you know, you go through so this, this grueling casting process, and then they're like, you're it you're in and then it's really exciting and you never know when the next session is going to be and you sort of like prep for it and you know you never get to tell anybody about these projects all the video games are like that they're very top secret sometimes yes. you audition for them and you don't even know what you're auditioning for you have to just sort of keep tight lips until it all comes out and this was really frustrating because yeah this game is so big and the part is so much fun and people as an actor are always asking you what you're working on you can't tell them did you even know because you're, you're quite right we've often been told by the actors that they weren't even aware of the series or the franchise or even the character that they were taking on did you have any of that information beforehand you know I did and it's very rare for them to put out a casting notice that actually mentions the name of the project and the characters but thank god they did because I saw it and then I pitched myself you know I saw that because they didn't come directly to me to kind of reprise this role because you know I think they wanted something completely different because I'd done the film and other actors had done other things with Ada I don't know if they just wanted to start over I'm, I saw the breakdown and I got right on it and I um you know I fought really hard for it like I was really thrilled when it all when it all came together and you know you see them put out the trailers and you see the game coming out at all the big expos and everything and you still can't say anything <laughs> so we all have like a private Facebook page with um, all the other people that are involved in it where we could scream and cry to the heavens like can we say something that was how we got through it <laughs> oh well like kind of a sort of group therapy secret Facebook. yeah yeah little support <laughs> <laughs> i could see you hugging somebody it's okay it's okay i know i've been through this too <laughs> 
the Resident Evil 2 remake support group. Yeah, and that's that's fantastic that somebody, an actor with an appreciation for the role, you're reprising it. You had done mo- motion capture for Ada Wong in Resident Evil Damnation. It's fantastic when other actors get the opportunity to take these these roles on, as has been the case in Resident Evil 2. But also, there is something nice in a connection and having the same actor voice, you know, voice their character through various installments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't know I was going to do the voice. I thought I was just looking for the mocap. I came to the first audition woefully unprepared. I just kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, you kind of have to go through the motions with the script. And, you know, the script obviously feeds into everything that happens physically. And I was afraid that I'd blown it, actually. And then when they were like, actually, you know, we're doing full performance with this character. Uh, then I got really nervous and really scared. And oh. <laughs> you know? and then I was just really excited that, that I had the callback. And then, you know, I put it all together. And when you oh, want wow. something very badly, you know, as actors, we, you know, kind of roll with the punches. But I was just so I wanted to have her. And that really comes across in your performance. I mean, that that, that struck. I mean, we'll get a question comes on to that. That, that walk that Ada does is, is, is very confident. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that confidence and the fact that you really wanted it that bad, you know, like almost kind of bleeds mm-hmm. through into the motion capture. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Great. <laughs> Great. You'd hate to be lazy right such an iconic role that's just not fair (laughs) next question comes from m greg from north america alan winnipeg mouth of north america and bloody eye had you played the original game or had prior knowledge of the character if not have you played either the original or remake since and may even have a preference to which was the superior game I'm going to have to just say it. No, I didn't. I don't play video games, oddly enough. Um, And I never played the game. And when I first did the Damnation film, it was, in fact, a film, right? So it wasn't – I didn't know anything about the franchise. I didn't know anything about the characters. I just saw a breakdown for a very cool character, which happened to be Ada. Um, And so I was just really attracted to the description of this character. You know, you get a script for a film, really. And then when, as I was sort of looking into her character for that, I realized that it was this whole gaming community and that it had been a video game. Um, but no, I never played it. I just kind of took off the page and took out of the story kind of who Ada was. And then when we sort of did this remake, I still wasn't sure what I was getting into. I wasn't sure if we were doing another film, what they were doing exactly. And then, you know, as you're sort of married to the project for years at a time, then, you know, you learn more about it. And I have looked mm. at the old game, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, you know, it's just from the 80s. It's just the technology is so new. Um, but it was really fun to watch. But I haven't actually played either game. I just get really into um, the narrative aspect of it. Yes. And, I have to, and I have to say, though, what I really appreciate, and I've noticed this with all the games I work on, I had no idea. You know, I was playing Atari when I was a kid. Like, I'm oh, a wow. kid. Like, you know, I play Space Invaders for 24 hours straight. So what's so fascinating to me is that you have these narrative stories. It's sort of like this emotional through line that takes you through the game. So much reverence for that. I just find that incredible. And it is sort of like a cinematic experience as you go through it, too. And I just think that's amazing that that's how games are now. You mentioned Atari, and I, yes, of course, I, I, I was playing uh, Space Invaders, and um, oh, what a word! And and you're absolutely right. I think apart from the graphics, you know, the the, the huge significant changes is, is that narrative, and yeah. the fact that these games have have become cinematic. And mm. we'll, we'll come on to this. There's the questions about Ada and Leon's uh, interjection on the bridge at, at the end. And when yeah. I was watching, enjoying your performance of both motion capture and the delivery of your lines. I felt completely out of a video game and very much connected with it as if I was watching a film and almost had to wake myself up after the cutscene and finish to you know, grab the joystick and I was actually having, you know, uh, take myself up. I was so immersed in, in that actual cutscene, which That's was, wonderful. like you say, so cinematic. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's um, an ode to the whole team making that happen. They owe the fans that I think, you know, you guys have such um, 
you you love these characters so much, you know, and you've like stuck with it for all, you know, decades. And I love that they were able to do that, you know, and I think that's what they were going for. They're going for something a lot more real, a bit more nuanced. Um, And I think they really wanted to give the fans that experience. And I couldn't be more impressed and proud of them for doing so. And it's definitely a team effort. I give everyone else far more credit than I would give myself for bringing Ada to life. For sure. And especially, uh, you know, Tom Keegan, the director. I was watching my performances. Um, I love the story with me and Leon, <laughs> with Aiden and Leon, like, my, you know, as an actress, it's just so much fun. And I saw yes. a lot of that, you know, was under his direction, you know, where he could see the character going. And, you know, we don't get the entire script. We just get bits and pieces every day because it's so top secret and they're kind of rewriting things. And it's all a bit of a mystery. And we're kind of like piecing it together one day at a time. And it was their vision, you know, and Tom's vision and the rest of the team mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, makes those characters whole and gives you that experience. It's interesting you mentioned that had that first game all, all those years ago and I can't think of many strong female lead characters from that era of video games uh, when Resident Evil 2 was first released. Along with Lara Croft I think Ada Wong was one of very few roles that was not dependent on a man you know was not dependent on a man to save her far from it. Leon wouldn't have made it very far through the RPD without Ada's specialist knowledge and, and, and yeah. combat training. Um, how, how does it feel for you as an actor to reprise such a significant role but with, with that legacy as a female character i mean it's awesome you know you you realize that when you take the role i mean i i couldn't be more excited about it i wish there was more of them you know there's like one ada uh there's (laughs) one Lara croft you know all these games are sort of bringing like stronger female characters into play so that's really cool but, you know, I loved it. And I love that they were making her a bit more nuanced, too. Um, you know, because she's, she's not robotic. She's very sexualized, which I'm, I, I'm cool with because she's also incredibly strong and unstoppable. I love Ada. I love everything about her. I felt very privileged and very excited to play the role. And I'm, I'm grateful that, that there is a strong female character like this. And, of course, you know, Claire's very a strong character, too. And it's always exciting as a woman to be able to play um, a strong female character. And that's mm. just the truth, you know, because they're few and far between. It's getting better now you know but it's awesome and you want to do her justice right you, you don't want her to be one noted you don't just kind of want her to be eye candy i guess you know they haven't written her like that thank god you and aaron can speak more to this than myself but she's slightly sexualized and and they play on that but it, but she's more nuanced than that just being the sole feature she doesn't rely on that as the main ammunition there are far more interesting subtle nuances to her character well, and it surely helps. I mean, it is one of her weapons, I would say. <laughs> yes. The fact that she's, uh, she's, she can easily manipulate um, everyone because she's so sexualized. That might be controversial with other women, but I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, why does she use everything that she's got? Um, she's mysterious and she's very powerful and she uses everything that she's got. I think Ada's awesome. She's probably one of my favorite characters that I've ever played. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ada knows how to handle herself. She sure does. And she really is the unstoppable character. You know, she's like the secret weapon. As long as Ada's around, like everything's going to be, for the most part, I guess, you know, things do. <laughs> the when drama, drama like, happens. You know? When she's in a tight situation, she can figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. And like some people who, or other characters would be like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to fight. Ada's like, no, I can do this. I don't mm-hmm. have to get into confrontation here. Yeah. And she's usually very calm and collected. She doesn't lose her cool. Also a great thing for a female character to not be, you know, flustered. I like the fact that she's not black and white. You know, she's neither necessarily an out-and-out antagonist or an out-and-out protagonist. Plays between those two ranges, doesn't she? Yeah, she's such a fun, complicated character. 
as an actor, you appreciate all of those things, right? You have to. Do, so it's it's fun to see everyone else speak to those things too. Because yeah, you don't you don't know very much about Ada. She's very hidden. Yet she's you know you kind of never know if anything that she says or does anything about her is real. You never really know what her intentions are. Yeah. I really like that. She's a very complicated, multi-dimensional woman. I really enjoy the fact that we have you know such a well-rounded and, and serious character, and of course such accomplished actors to portray yeah. the voice. And you know it's fantastic. Stay sharp. Lower it. FBI. Sorry. Thank you. For your help. Surprised you made it this far. FBI, huh? What's going on here? Sorry. That information's classified. Where are you going? Do yourself a favor. Stop asking questions and get the hell out of here. Neptune from England, he asks, Mocap is still quite a new thing for this franchise, and Ada Wong has portrayed brilliantly in the past by Sally Cahill. Were you concerned that when taking over the role, you were taking over some big shoes? Yes. Yeah, I wasn't concerned. You know, I'm not alone. You know, I've got an entire team behind me. Uh, we're all working on it together. So I am there for them. You know, I'm there for the director. I'm there for uh, both of the directors, for the writers, for the people that are putting it together. So I'm not sort of like thrust into the snake pit. There's a lot of direction that happens at the auditions, you know, and then once we sort of become a team, they make it a very safe and comfortable place for us to work things out and know what's expected of us and sort of hash out the characters. So concerned, you know, it feels like a negative sort of word. It was exciting and it was really fun. And I hoped that I could do the job for them and deliver something to the fans that they really love. But I felt like we were all in it together. So I didn't feel like I was out on some tightrope and terrified that I wouldn't be able to to make Ada work because you you kind of don't get the job unless I think they believe that you can you know do it it's exciting to fill those shoes like I was when I learned that I was going to have the full performance I was just excited I couldn't wait to bring her to life and every time I'd get a new script I couldn't wait to tear it apart oh, and um and get into uh to and get into the space and work with Tom and work with the um the other director and the other actors you know so we were all in it together and um it was just really exciting you know so grateful that it we ended up putting getting something together that the fans love so much yes there's a fear but i was probably not as scared as the rest of the team i just felt like we got to go in there and do our jobs and have a great time doing it and create something amazing and i'm just really glad we did listening to you now it sounds so similar to what at the time was a rare occurrence that when we interviewed Sarah Coates, who voiced mm -hmm. Marguerite Baker in Resident Evil 7, she talked mm -hmm. in similar fashion about the team and the actors being able to take time out together and discuss their performances yeah. and eat together and chat and joke and laugh. And that was yeah. quite rare because prior to that, all the voice actors we'd spoken to previously had said that they'd all come in for their recording sessions and recorded separately and they didn't have the opportunity to play off one uh -huh. another's emotions. But it sounds like you, you were there with, with the other actors as a team. 
Well, you know, I think that has a lot to do with how far the technology has come, right? I feel like when I did the first, um, when I did Damnation, um, they didn't have the two together. Like one, you would oh. do the mocap separately from the facial capture. You do that separately from the uh, voice and everything was different. And then when I worked on, um, I did a, a Tomb Raider, all of a sudden I was like, oh, we're doing full performance. Like, you know, we're putting cameras and, and um, microphones on all at once and we're doing it all together. And so you might have these solo sessions in the booth where you still have your directors there with you but you don't have the other actors but since we're all in the space together doing the mocap and the voice at the same time you're really just acting like you would for film or on stage or television so we're all bonding in that way and we're all growing together in that way so I think I think we're very fortunate with the new technology to all be able to be together um, yes. so I think that's you know that's something new perhaps because of how everything's changed yeah and also you know we're just all so emotional involved in it we, we we really care about the project and the characters that uh, dedication and appreciation really comes through in the performances bsa arclay and alan wimpey mao uh, they both ask what direction did you receive from the voice director and capcom team in relation to the overall character of ada wong and perhaps the likeness to a previous ada performance in either voice match or, or character traits I'd had the experience with Ada for from the film, so I'd under like you know I'd had a certain um, understanding of the character, and then you know how she uh, moved through that film. So I felt like I had a grasp on Ada, and I'd done a little bit of research then because I didn't realize that this was an iconic character. I didn't know she was well known, so I, you know I'd learned a bit about her then. So once again, once you come onto the project, you know you've you've auditioned, so you've read a script, you've talked to the director and the rest of the casting people, um, and everyone else. And by the time you come to the callback you've got a whole team of people talking to you about your interpretation of the character so that was sort of the direction no one really said go back and look at what uh you know look at ada's history or how she was played before and probably because they were trying to bring it into a new space so they were writing the characters in a new way they were writing the script in a new way so the direction i got was really like on set it was there in the writing and then once we were in the space and we were shooting everything um, then there would be direction like you'd get in any other thing. You know, we'd just talk about what was happening in the scene. We'd talk about how we saw Ada. The direct, we had the director from Japan and the director, the directing team from uh, the U.S. sort of talking amongst themselves. And then we would talk, you know, everybody would kind of hash it out and talk about what we want to happen and, you know, what the character is doing and how she feels. So, you know, it's this collaborative effort yeah, once you're there that's sort of the direction as we all sort of work it out it sounds <laughs> like just an incredible level of attention to detail and consciousness oh, yeah. that, that we unfortunately was lacking in, in in voice acting you know when we're literally going way way back to when the first two games were, were, were released yeah. so oh, it just sounds fantastic and what an experience priceless it's priceless it really is one of my it's my happy place one of my favorite things to do there's i loved working on this project i just absolutely loved it and of course yeah. you get to play the full range of emotions because and we'll come on to this there is that those moments mm -hmm. when ada very confident and strutting around like she owns every inch of, of the space around her but then when she she's very vulnerable and and cries out mm -hmm. for Leon. yeah i love that <laughs> i love that they gave her all of this nuance and they gave her this vulnerability you know they made her a bit more human although you know when i looked at some of the older 
uh, the older parts of the game. I think that was there. It just wasn't as I just don't think the genre had come as far. You know, I don't think yes. the technology had come as far. You know, there's a lot of time has passed. So, you know, it's just it's a whole new world kind of. So I think that it was there. It just wasn't. It was there. It's just we're better at being able to do the things we want to do. I think that they were limited in their yes. abilities to bring to life all of it because of the technology. So I think what we're capable of doing now is, you know, yes. incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. In terms of the limitations on on the graphics and the presentation, I remember there was this this line in the old game where Leon, sort of halfway through the journey through the RPD, Leon says to Ada, "Oh, I, I actually didn't get an, an opportunity to introduce myself." It's almost like he's showing off, and the old character model from that game, Ada doesn't say a word. She just sort of shrugs her shoulder, like, "So what?" You know. So what? <laughs> but I love that because those are still the elements of the characters. That really is still a lot of their relationship. You know, the the new versions a lot like that too. It's just again, it's just the new. You know, and I also think that the fans want more. They require more than what you know we had before. So yeah, I think we're all growing together. Who is that? It's just me. So you can put that thing away. I don't even know what happened. It just happened so quick. I told you to get out of here. You wouldn't want to end up like Ben, would you? You knew him? He was an informant. Had information of use to my investigation. So what he said was true? Hey, you can't keep walking away from me. I don't even know your name. I'm Leon Kennedy. Find a way out, Leon. Before it's too late. Then we'll talk. Name's Ada. we're on to the next question and this one comes from BSA Arclay again how important was it to Capcom to recreate the original Resident Evil 2 narrative and pay homage to the classical seminal game do you remember any specific conversations regarding this coming from the Japanese developers I can't really speak for them because I wasn't on that side of things. I'm not on that team, right? So I'm not really sure. I'm, all I can say is they did an incredible job. And I know that they gave their blood, sweat, and tears to it and toiled over it constantly. And there were constant rewrites and constant rewrites. And uh, they just really wanted to get it right. And I think they had a vision of bringing it into a modern time. I can't speak really to what was going on in those rooms other than um, I can commend their bravery <laughs> and the risk that they took to to make this so modern you know to sort of be like this was our vision and this is what we want to do because you know you don't know how the fans are going to receive it you know you don't know what their reaction is going to be when you when you mess with something that they've something as beloved as as this game you know in this world i think it was worth every drop of sweat (laughs) (laughs) and blood well ada's blood yeah and blood some of us have been known, maybe, to take the series a little bit too seriously or, or get a little bit emotional. Um, <laughs> what, what, why are you looking at me, Aaron? Um, no. Oh, there's so much I know. <laughs> yeah. This is getting old. Saving your ass, that's twice. I didn't realize you were keeping score. Look, this isn't a game. Nothing dies down here.
This comes from the Oracle Dragon. There's a lot of tension and fan expectation surrounding remakes in, in general, mm. uh, especially in the, in the Resident Evil fandom. When you took on this established classic role, what made you feel that this new production was going to be a, a solid take on a classic game? just the passion behind it you know most people now you know i said i couldn't really speak to what was going on behind closed doors but i think when yeah. you talk to nick you'll find that he has his toes in that uh pond a whole, whole lot more almost oh. every single person that was involved um has been a huge fan of the franchise uh that that's why i say so many people were so emotionally committed to this project i think that just had a lot to do with it i think everybody just cared so deeply I think it's fabulous that everybody is so connected to it. I think it's amazing that people are so emotionally attached to it. It's um, I see these characters as characters in movies. I don't think it's odd that people revere these video games and the people in them to the degree that they do. I, I think it's completely natural, and I think it's awesome. And if it wasn't for the passion of the people that follow the games, then we wouldn't be here doing these really cool, amazing things. We wouldn't be here talking about it. So I think it's I think it's great. You know, we wouldn't be here without people feeling so connected to it and having yes. such strong emotions responses so you know i'm all for it i think it's great i think it's a very human experience and this is sort of what entertainment is you know and i think people have to you know learn to express their disappointment that comes from a sincere love for a franchise um, yeah. in a positive way and there's nothing wrong with that you know if, if there are people that have been disappointed with certain aspects of the game it's only going to come from a love of that original narrative that old game is always there and if there are people mm -hmm. that, that may prefer certain aspects of the older game for, for any particular reason nothing about the, the this reimagining this, this this remake i can't understand how it can have any detrimental effect on that whatever your opinion because they they both can exist independently of each other and we can in, enjoy both of them separately absolutely that's a really great point yeah that's that's absolutely true and what would be the what would be the worst thing apathy you know if no one cared yes. i mean and that's what it, and that's how a series can what die. would be the point <laughs> yeah, yeah no, absolutely absolutely yeah you know is that the intel you needed unfortunately no ben didn't come through well what exactly are you looking for more info on the people responsible for this mess what about you trying to save the world I told Lieutenant Brenna I'd bring help. Good luck getting that. Road's out. Going through that gun shop looks like the only way. So this comes from Negan's Bat from England. I, I imagine a fan of The Walking Dead. Your mocap performance screamed Ada Wong with that ever so confident walk. Can you speak on the differences and similarities between that performance and your mocap for Resident Evil Damnation? For example, were there differences in the technology between those two productions? Technology is much better now, but they, they definitely, it was sort of the same. Um, and you know, it's just sort of how I move with that character. I feel like that's how she does move. You know, I'm a runway model. And so I already like, I was like, oh, that strong walk, that, that confident mm. kind of sassy. Um, and I do a lot of very editorial. So a lot of it has a lot of attitude and you do sort of come on. It's a, it's a very stage like walk. You know, she's, she's is confident like that and she does yeah. carry herself with a she's very sexy and uh you know which was all her physicality just actually what she looks like so to me i looked at her and i was like well she's going to be strutting around in those heels and that little dress and and or, or sometimes it was lingerie like i'm not sure and she's got a gun in her, her garter i was like this is how she's going to walk and that's just the what they liked which was awesome so it was the same as far as how i felt the way that she carried herself in the film and then how she carries herself now to me they were that's the same i mean that is sort of the essence of Ada she doesn't cower like even in her most vulnerable moments 
she doesn't really cower. You know, I really love that dialogue after she's legs been wounded and, and Leon's like helped her or whatever. And he's like, let me carry you. And she's just like, you know, F off. I can take care of myself. <laughs> I can take care of myself. <laughs> and she's still like, oh, my leg. And she can barely walk. And she's like, stop it. It just makes me feel worse. You know, she, yes. she always carries herself like that no matter what. Even when she's finally that last scene where she's just going to fall into the abyss, you know, she's not like, oh, my gosh, help me. You know, she's never like that. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, that's, that's an interesting point. Yes. Yeah. So um, that's who she is. And that's how her um, she physically walks through the world. I didn't see a difference from before just because this just because this new script is giving and the new technology is giving her a little bit more nuance and giving giving her more vulnerability and and uh, putting more giving her character more that doesn't change about her but that's who she is as you know I think at her core. I'm just remembering when when Ada's wounded. I keep thinking, Ada's there. She's hurt. She can't pull the thing out of her leg. And Leon has to come and help her. She accepts the pain. And she's like, I just need to stay calm and try not to freak out when he pulls it out. But that's mm-hmm. a vulnerability moment for her because she doesn't want to show Leon that she she's still human. But she doesn't want to show him that she's weak. After yeah. helping her up, you can just see she's fighting so hard to not have him help her. But at the same time, she's thankful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I and I loved I just loved the line when uh, he comes and he finds her and she's like, I can't get it out. You know, I, I when he when that line, I was like, well, she wouldn't say like, why are we? And it's just so beautiful. And again, gosh, I miss Tom so much. I love working with him so much. We we sat and talked about that scene for a long time. He had Nick and I go through all kinds of sort of role playing, like making up our own dialogue. We improv that scene a lot to try to get to an emotional place where like, why would she be so open to say something like that to him? Like, why couldn't she get it out herself? Like, what's going on? You know, and it's it's such a small, it's just so few words. I can't get it out. You know, I can't do it myself. Those are the gifts of this project. Yeah. So she has to show that vulnerability, but yet she has this uh, quiet strength on top of it all. And, And I have to say that was one of my favorite scenes. It's the beginning of that vulnerability between the two of them. And I just fall in love with their relationship at that point. And I love that, again, to Tom's credit, that we were able to bring that very subtle yet powerful, those aspects of her personality and their relationship to light in this game. And I think the fans appreciate it. Where's Leon when I need him? there for a sec. I can't get it out. I, I don't know if I should uh... Just do it. I can't walk like this. Okay. It's gonna hurt. <sighs> Hold on. I can do it myself. Just relax, okay? I'm not just gonna leave you. Not like this. You don't understand. The situation's worse than I thought. 
You're not getting rid of me that easy. You protected me. Now it's my turn. I didn't realize we were keeping score. Grab my shoulder. Don't push it, rookie. Okay, just trying to help. Watch your step. You want to help? We have to get to the nest. Nest? Umbrella's lab, right beneath us. Net let it slip. That's where the virus samples are. You up for this? I think I could fit in my schedule. Come on. We got work to do. Yes, ma'am. You know, I've said it and I wholeheartedly mean this. It is a privilege for myself and Aaron and for our team to take on these interviews and to then, as custodians, present them to your fans. To hear particularly you talk about that scene and, and to have the opportunity to hear that direct personal insight. You mentioned the amount of time and the role playing that went into it. Because before I had this opportunity to meet you and I saw that scene for the very first time and noted that there was definitely an extra level of vulnerability that wasn't in the original game when Ada cries out for Leon. And my first thought was, I wonder what the actor who's playing this role thinks of that vulnerability. Because up to that point, Ada had been very independent and, and very mm -hmm. strong. Now suddenly she is relying on that male lead to a mm -hmm. certain extent. And I was just very interested in that moment. Oh, I, w I wonder what the actor playing this thinks of that. To hear that amount of time went into that scene is fascinating. Thank you. I was gold, and um, and I have to say that a lot of time went into every scene. It might it might seem to other people that you know you're throwing in these lines or it seems really flippant. It was never like that. Never. Um, there's a reason it took three years to shoot this. I mean, a lot of it had to do with the technology and the writing or whatever. But we were constantly going back into the mocap space, and we would only tackle so many scenes a day, uh, because every single line, like every single scene, took. A long time to shoot, even if there wasn't that much dialogue, because we, um, and again, Tom, uh, working with us, it felt very much like I was working on a film or, a, or, or something else. You know, we would dissect the scene. We would talk about the nuance in the scene. Uh, we'd run it a whole bunch of times until it was absolutely perfect. And even if we thought that we'd gotten it, you know, Tom would come back like, no, 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 no. You know, like, let's tear it apart. Like, do an exercise. Um, even yeah. in the dialogue that seems like maybe it's not that complicated or doesn't seem very deep, it, it was. And there was that time and that effort on all of our parts to, to get it right. And, and I think that's why the game turned out the way it did, because no one rushed through anything. No one threw anything away. It was we worked really hard on it. <laughs> The way you're talking about it gives us, the fans and stuff, a visual in our minds of how you guys did this stuff. We don't see this ourselves. We just have to listen to what the stories you guys have to tell us, and then we can visualize it. Because you guys put a lot of work into this game and interacting with each other, setting up the scenes and stuff. In the end, you guys came out with such a beautiful performance. I'm so glad to hear that. The entire time, all we wanted was to give the fans something they loved. Like we did feel that responsibility that we talked about earlier. I just didn't find it daunting, but I've, I've taking on that responsibility. Uh, we all felt that. And you know, Nick and Stephanie and everyone else on the team, they, they really are like big fans of the show. So I'm sure for them, it was really stressful. <laughs> that. Yeah. That's one of the all things I hear one of you guys as a fans of the game is like, what? Oh, yeah. Because half oh, the time yeah. they don't get anybody that knows the game. And when we oh, hear no, that I, they actually I, I, got someone, you got more passion. <laughs> see, I was the only one that was kind of the outsider. But I'm very emotionally attached to my characters and the projects anyway. And yeah. being around everyone, like, I just jumped on that whole, like, we were just a family trying to make. It's like we were trying to make something for our family. Not like custodians of these characters and of this game. And it was as important to us as it was to the fans. 
you mentioned that you weren't a, a gamer with regard to Resident Evil, but you've got nothing to worry about. Come on, you, you, you're playing Space Invaders. You, you've got enough of your locker. <laughs> that, you, I'd suggest that's almost more street cred than playing Resident Evil. Thank so. you. I'll keep that one in my pocket then. People are like, oh, you never played the game? I was like, yeah, but Space Invaders, I played that my whole childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I spent my entire – I grew up on Atari. Somewhere a millennial is playing Atari. Am I right? Am I... <laughs> Near me, there's this really pretentious pub, and they've got Ataris. You, you must, can actually play. It must be so boring. It's so slow. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> Retro Just gaming is it. huge. Yeah. They're, they're, like you, yeah, you mentioned there is that old game that you have such fond memories of, and then you go back and you play it, and you're like, oh my god, did I did I play this? <laughs> this is a challenge question for you. Yoke from North America <laughs> and Dark Moon from England both ask, what was the greater challenge? Do you find it easier if you also do the mocap for the role, or does the physical aspect not affect anything? I prefer, and I love, and I hope from now on this is the way it is, I like to do them both together. I love that we can record the video and the voice at the same time, and you're just performing like you're performing anything else. It's so much more difficult to do the mocap separately and the voice separately because you're actually giving the performance. You know, you're living through the scene. It would have been a very, that scene that we were talking about with Ada and Leon when she's wounded, it would have been so much more difficult to make that scene come alive had we had to recreate it in a booth when we were physically creating it in a space. You know, but when you're living it together at the same time, then you're creating this beautiful scene. So I'm just so grateful that technology now allows us to capture it all at once because that is the most real, most honest performance that's being created right then at, at that time. As an actor, I hate doing ADR. So when you shoot a film or you do a TV show, if, if the sound quality was messed up or if they wanted to change a line or something or something didn't come out as clear as they wanted it to, you have to go back into a studio after you've shot the film and you have to recreate that moment which is almost impossible oh, it's almost if you're in a really emotional space yeah. and you those moments of where leon and i worked on or nick and i worked hard to create after being on set today all day together to have to then separate that you know a month later and then try to recreate that moment is very difficult if not impossible to do so the magic of being able to just record it all at once is is just much better so the challenge of doing it separately is there and thank god we don't really have to do that very often and even now with this I, we did have to go back into the sound booth and like pick up little bits and do that kind of thing but you know I, I, we weren't asked to create an entire scene separate from how we'd done it physically and, and, yes. and vocally and those things do come together as an actor i'll just tell you that like those things have to come together you can't they're not separate they're it's all one living thing how you move and what you say are completely connected to each other whether it's more challenging to do both the motion capture and the voice particularly for a character like ada who is moving around a lot and, and does have these specialized moves it's it's easier it's it's way easier ah okay it's okay. so much more natural Yes. To do that. Because you're actually living in that moment. You know, if she's she's not saying something that doesn't fit what she's doing physically. Mm. As you're moving your body physically that way, your your vocalization is changing a little bit because you're, you know, right. uh, you're taking a defensive stance or you're running from something or you're... So it kind of bleeds through into the tone of your voice, into the cadence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that is the best case scenario to be able to physically and vocally do the same thing at the same time. Doing the performance and doing the motion capture, you actually get more emotion out of yourself than being in a booth and just speaking into a microphone because you don't know how to get into that mindset, like she was saying, because it's mm -hmm. very difficult. Because when you have somebody interacting with you, 
you can feel like you're doing it in a natural tone. Like we're talking about this. I can actually sound like a normal person asking this question instead of trying to force it out. Right. When you do get into the sound booth, it's like I said, you take just as much time as you do when we're shooting. So I'm in the booth with Tom and we are working to get it to that place. Right. And it's your job. You're going to have to make it sound natural. You're going to have to get to the place. But I believe that it is impossible <laughs> to get back to that place. I, I really, yes. you know, I just, it's so difficult and you do your best and it all works out. And there probably are a lot of places in the movie. But as a performer, I always mm. feel like when you have to go back and do the ADR when you have to separate it. I dread that always. I'm like, oh, what God. You know, I was like, we were crying for five hours on the set. You've broken yourself down to a place that like, you know. I never want to go there again. Don't make me go through this. But it's it's the director's job to get, you know, that Tom is able to do that, you know, because he's also a voice director and he's brilliant at it. So he does do that. He's like, this is what we're going to, you know, and he, he directs every vocalization. As far as how challenging it is, I find it so much better when you're when you're in the scene. But you do have to go back and do those things. And when you have a great director like Tom, who knows what he's doing in the booth you can do those things but I, I find that very challenging having to separate that specialist role that Ada has and from that the, these sort of specialist moves that, that Ada performs we have a question from Neptune and he asks Ada has a very specific commanding role in Resident Evil 2 she also has some distinctive poses I was thinking with the gun as being one did you receive any specific training for this to assist you with your performance we do have someone there to make sure that's all correct, that we're holding guns the right way and that it's all technically accurate. Now, I do do a lot of action type work as an actress. So I've had a lot of experience with guns and combat and stuff like that. There is someone there who's sort of like a weapons expert to make sure that everything is technically correct. No one ends up shooting each other. You know, it's all very, very safe. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not real guns. There's always someone there to show you that the guns aren't real and that no one's going to get hurt. Mm. And then also just technically to make sure that you're holding everything right and your stance is correct. Again, a team effort to make everything look fantastic. My mission is to take down Umbrella's entire operation. We may not make it out. Whatever it takes to save this city, count me in. Heard of the Umbrella Corporation? They're a pharmaceutical company secretly making bioweapons. They have a virus. It turns people into indestructible monsters. That explains the horrible things I've seen. And that's why I'm looking for Annette Birkin. She's the one at Umbrella responsible for unleashing the virus. I'm going to bring her down. Yoke and M. Greg ask, Some of the characters, particularly the men who have encountered Ada Wong, were considered her, a word beginning with a B that I don't use, in a red dress. Do you feel that Ada is genuinely evil or in her heart is trying to do the right thing despite her assignments? Yeah, she is kind of a bee in, in the red dress and I'm fine with that. That's what I like about Ada. She doesn't take any BS. <laughs> That's funny. Because um, as we know, if when a man walks into a, a space like that and takes full command and doesn't take any BS and kills everyone in sight, no one's like, oh, look at the a-hole in the, in the, <laughs> in the cargo well, pants. Good point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm cool with that. She does have an attitude and she doesn't have time for your BS and like, I'm fine with that. So is she a good, you know, I don't want to give too much of Ada away. I think that's part of her mystique and it's part of what I love about playing her is we're not really sure. And whenever she does something, you're never really sure what her motivation is or um, what her intentions are. So I like to keep that mystery with Ada and I don't want to 
I mean, of course, she's human. You know, she's not a robot. She's an actual human being. So she's got thoughts and feelings. And I think I like to keep that a bit of a mystery about who she is, what she's actually after. This was just fantastically original and unique that we had both a strong female lead, but one that wasn't an out-and-out antagonist or protagonist. Mm. And like you yeah. say, we're, we're always kind of second-guessing what is her real, genuine, true motivation here in this scene. And I think, I don't know if you agree, sometimes I think that can waver within her. Absolutely. And I, again, um, as far as shooting the game, we would pile over every single bit of dialogue. What does this kiss mean? What does this conversation mean? What does this vulnerability mean? When she says this, or which way are we going to go? Like, what, where is she coming from? Like, you know, we would dissect it every single time Ada kind of made a turn in one direction or the other. Like, where was she coming from? And, you know, there was a lot of discussion about it and it made it really fun to do. And I think that's what made her fun to watch. If I don't want to give any definitive, that's definitely for the audience to decide for themselves. Well, we're always trying to decipher her motivations. This yeah. is a question on, on that subject. It comes from yeah. USS Command, uh, one of our staff members. He's one of the team with me and Aaron. But I didn't know he was such a romantic at heart. <laughs> we are, let's just say. <laughs> so um, USS Command asks, Leon falls in love with Ada in the original Resident Evil 2. Now, Jolene, during your portrayal of that Resident Evil 2 narrative, did you feel Leon's falling for her was justified? Some fans have noted that Ada seemed to be manipulating Leon, far more so in the remake than in the original. So do you think Ada has feelings for Leon based on your work with her character? Okay, again, I'm not going to answer any questions as to whether or not, you know, what exactly her feelings are, because I just think that's fun for everyone to just, Aww. you know, everyone to just be, you know, confused over forever. Um, but yeah, she is, but that's who they are, you know, I mean, that's, and I, I, that's what kind of what I love about this, like, crazy romance. And I have to say, I love Leon and Ada's romance. I loved living through all of that and sorting all of that out. It was really great. And he's so wide-eyed and sweet. He's like a little Labrador retriever, you know, and Aww. she is so like strong and manipulative and she's a bit crusty and icy you know she's like not letting this guy in but she's completely playing him like a you know so all of that like yes that's an aspect of their relationship but I find that really fascinating because again it's I think people are confused by it or shocked by it because if the roles were reversed that wouldn't be that odd you know that people wouldn't be like oh that's yeah. really weird oh he has a lot of control over her and she kind of just like takes his lead you know like yeah instead you have this like sexy capable, strong, kind of like a militant type personality. And then you've got this guy who is clearly impressed and enamored with her. Then underneath grows this dependency upon each other. And then does this love blossom? Is there a romance that actually blossoms? Like it's a really fun thing to watch and to play and to ruminate over. I, I love watching it. And I love how um, we all watch it. You're kind of like, what's going on? Yet we're so emotionally stuck to it. You know, like I, their love story, just I, I love it. But yeah, all of that is sort of like out in the open but i agree completely with the fact that she's in complete control <laughs> Aaron, are you with me on this we have got to make sure that we play this interview to those that make decisions at capcom because if there is going to be a remake of resident evil 4 jolene just hearing you now talking about i mean just that one aspect that relationship with leon and that is developed in resident <laughs> evil 4 mm. in the original game some may say a little less subtly but with that appreciation and understanding and that you'll take that into your performance mm. yeah you never kind of know what's happening, but I think that's why people love Leon and Ada so much. 
Yes. You know, that, that, that is, it is a complicated, it's like, it's like any love relationship, right? Everyone's like, well, is it, isn't it? Like, what does she feel? What does he feel? Like, what's going to happen? How much do they really have going? You know, it's, it's kind of, it's like real life. And again, it's the accolades go to the writer, you know, and the people that are putting all this together. It's such a complex and interesting relationship. And that's why people love it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It really is my favorite part of the entire thing. And when they kiss, like I swoon, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we worked on that kiss for a while until we got it right. Again, a big discussion about like, what does this kiss mean? That might seem silly, but as human beings, we know that what does a kiss mean? How do you kiss someone? How, you know, so um, yeah, when I see it now, I'm like, I get a little fluttery. I'm like, oh, they're so beautiful. <laughs> I love Leon and Ada. <laughs> I just sort of imagining Nick as a fan wanting to write the scripts for himself and kind of handing them to you in a brown envelope as, you know, you marked that you know, <laughs> they're from Capcom, but really, you know, Nick's now, kind of adding. He wouldn't care about me. You know, he'd be handing them to the, the big wigs. I'm just... I just do what they tell me. Because um, you're his Ada. Oh, I know. But it, and it's so sweet, too. And I really do feel like Nick, I really do feel like we're a lot like our characters. You know, I am a little bit like Ada. And I feel like Nick is a lot like Leon. He's He really is. If you fall in love with Leon, you fall in love with Nick, for sure. He's he's so sweet and beautiful and handsome. And, you know, he's just he's just awesome. So he, he brought a lot of, I think, I mean, I'm speak, I can't speak for him, but worked with him or knows him. I, I feel like he, he brought himself to that character, for sure. He's, he's easy to fall in love with we are very lucky hopefully to be interviewing nick soon and i'm already practicing his surname in because i mentioned how it's always my greatest fear pronouncing the names incorrectly <laughs> <laughs> yes there'll be a lot of editing i feel but actually i'd move this question right to the very end but you've mentioned it now so i'll quickly ask mohammed lamb from saudi arabia he says how much of your own personality jolene can you relate to ada's um, a lot. I play a lot of strong women like this. Of course, I'm not like Ada, but I am a very strong woman and I'm just a strong person. You know, I don't take a lot of BS. I like get things done. I'm very efficient. You know, mm. I, I guess that's why I don't think she's a B, you know, because I kind of like what she just she doesn't know this guy. She's like, don't touch me. You know, <laughs> she's like, let me try to save this idiot who would be dead if it wasn't for her. You know, yeah. you know that makes a lot of sense to me. She's just like getting stuff done, you know, yeah, she's just yeah. doing what needs to be done. Um, but at the same time, of course, she has her vulnerabilities. She's not made of stone, but she's not unreasonably vulnerable. You know, she doesn't like fall apart. Yeah, I'm a lot like Ada. I do tend to play a lot of characters like this, probably because I lend a lot of myself to them. Same as Nick, I think, is very much like Leon's character. Uh, probably a lot more capable. I mean, they do make Leon a little bit, you know, they start him out like that. But then Leon becomes very capable throughout throughout the game. So, yeah, no, I feel like I bring a lot of myself to Ada. And then a very heightened aspect of myself. You know, these are extraordinary circumstances. It's an extraordinary character. It's a fantastical world. But it's a lot of who I am. I'm not. I'm definitely not like a weepy wallflower type person who had to like put on some fake persona to play Ada. You know, <laughs> she, she, she was easy to start with. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, she's a really strong, capable woman. I can do that. You know? Yeah, well, I'm sure that aids your performance. You know, you're drawing on your own perhaps experiences or your own character to a certain extent. You might be exaggerating specific things in the way that these things are kind of exaggerated in anime or manga you know it's funny people always talk about this walk ada has i was like you know what i kind of walk like that like i kind of <laughs> walk through the world with a lot of like confidence and comfort in myself you know and yes. um i mean she gets a little bit extra because she's sassy right she's sexy yes. you know like i said there's a little bit you throw on a bit more but yeah i'm i'm, I'm yeah. very similar to she is you can run annette but you can't hide Bravo. I'm gonna burn you alive now. 
You'll never get your filthy hands on the G. I'm not the only one after it. You realize that. And you won't die alone. Enough with this cat and mouse game. The game is over. You lost. Tell me, is your husband still alive? Or did you kill him so you could take credit for G? Interesting theory. You don't cooperate. I'll get a sample from the nest. Over my dead body. J.C. Wesker of England asks, The red dress that Ada wears is particularly iconic, and the red color in particular is very much a signature color of Ada's that she maintains as we progress through the series. What are your feelings of Ada's iconic look in terms of who Ada is as a character and who Ada is as a woman? I love it. I'm Maybe feminists won't agree with me, but I think I've said this before. I love that she has the sex appeal. I think it's one of her weapons. It's one of her strengths. I think the red dress obviously is chosen for its power and its intensity and its strength. So I love everything about it. And I don't want to give away any, you know, again, any secrets of people that have made have built this character. But I, I think it's fantastic. And I think it's perfect. And it has worked like a charm is everyone loves Ada and the red dress. It really the dress itself is as iconic as Ada's character. And I don't know that she would be what she is without it. <laughs> as a woman, you know, what you wear and how you present yourself like that dress is as important as her walk or as important as anything else that she physically has. So um, I love it. I'm a big fan of the red dress and I think uh, the fans love it too. And I have no qualms with her like kicking ass and taking names in a red dress and some heels. I mean, she's fantastic at it. So yeah, I think yeah, she's quite skilled in that dress. Incredibly skilled. She can jump from great heights without spraining an ankle. She can kill. <laughs> yeah, she's, um, she's incredibly in high heels. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you wait till you see her in Resident Evil 4. And again, if you, if you do get the opportunity <laughs> to reprise your role for, for a remake of Resident Evil 4, you're really going to enjoy that role, Jolene, because there's a lot of that. Yeah, I think it's great. It's part of the fantasy of, of the whole thing. And I would be disappointed if um, for the modern age we had to change any of that. Mm. I think it's beautiful. and I think it's powerful. And I think it lends itself to a character. The next question comes from Alan Wempe Mao and the Oracle Dragon. After all your recording sessions were complete, what did you think about your own portrayal of Ada Wong? And did your self-review change once you had watched and listened over to your performance? Okay, well, <laughs> um, as an actor, it's hard to watch yourself or hear yourself with any objective. I can't stand the sound of my own voice most of the time. So, and it almost takes me out of it. You know, I see Ada and what she looks like when I, when I hear my voice over it. I was like, mm, you know, maybe she should have like a sexier voice or maybe she should have like an accent or, or I don't know. But, you know, I watched all the scenes cut together and it sort of created a story for me. And the way that it was cut together with the direction of Tom, everything else, I ended up really loving it. And I almost couldn't hear myself anymore, which is the best thing that oh. you can you can feel as an actor. I was like, actually, yeah, I'm really engaged in this without like tearing my own voice apart. But there are moments where I'm like, ugh, God, like nails on a chalkboard, you know. So it's very difficult to ask a performer what they feel about their own performance. I think I'm too familiar with myself and I'm too critical of myself as an actor. And I have to just trust that the people that hire 
fire me. And especially with a game like this where you've been working on it for three years, there was plenty of time for them to fire me if they wanted to. Maybe they can't because we put in <laughs> a few days' work and they'd have to a lot of time and money they'd have to get back. It was hard for me to watch and to listen to because I can hear myself and I could see myself. But after a while, after the, the clip of all of me and Leon scenes together, um, it was about 30 minutes. I was really drawn into the story, you know, and I, and I really kind of lost the fact that it was me speaking. And so I'm glad to see that. But yes, I, I'm very critical of my own performance. All I can say is that the scene with yourself on the bridge at the end, I was completely immersed into it as if I was watching a movie and forgot the controller was in my hand and was just, you know, <laughs> not just the voice delivery, but the motion capture. And interesting to hear you as a performer, you say that, that it really aids your performance, that you can do the whole thing together. And I think that that's particularly, that scene particularly, I think it really comes across in. Are you um, talking about the Mexican standoff on the bridge? Yes. Isn't that, wasn't that fun? I think that might have been one of my favorite scenes. To, oh. That was like the most emotional scenes. I know I, I, I say a lot that when she's first wounded, that's one of my favorite scenes to shoot because um, I love that because that's where the emotional quality starts to enter their relationship and the vulnerability starts to show and they start to flirt with each other a lot. I feel like you start investing in that romantic relationship, which so I love that moment because it sort of changes the tide, you know. But I loved shooting that. We took a long time to do that, that that whole ending. Um, I love that yes. so much because there's so much going on there. And it's such a, a classic type of scene, right? <laughs> it's, you know, like, what is she going to do? Is she going to put down the gun? Is she going to put it back out? Whatever. I felt very emotionally attached to, like, I, in, in that scene, I think I did choose to care about him and have to deal with, like, what's going to happen next and being um, having a sense of duty and then also having a sense of my feelings for him. Oh. And um, I love that you felt about that scene because I loved shooting it as much as you guys loved watching it. I have to mention two chaps that ask questions that we didn't quite have time for, but you've actually answered it in your answer there. M. Greg wanted to know what your favourite scene was, and you've given a fantastic answer to that. And also Dark Moon wanted to ask a question in terms of Ada's motivations when she was pointing her, her gun at Leon. So, you know, fantastic that your appreciation, understanding, and, and just love for the, the character and this whole experience enables you to give, give these answers that are so fulfilling. And without even knowing it, you've answered two questions that we didn't even think we'd have time to give to put you uh, so m greg and dark moon will be really happy as, as i am i know aaron and everyone is with that answer thank you oh great back to um leon and ada's standoff if i remember right in the original they did have like a brief standoff there ada's gun after she felt if you inspect the gun leon actually finds out that her gun wasn't even loaded there was no ammo for it so she was basically holding him at gunpoint with an empty gun so do you think huh? she was probably had that same do you think Capcom probably had the exact same kind of vibe for her in, in the scene you did with Nick? That's interesting. You know, I, it's like all these little secrets that I, you know, I kind of didn't know. I want to, and sometimes I'd have like other, like Nick would inform me. He's like, so, you know, this is what happens. And I'd be like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. After she gets shot, she drops the gun. And when Leon has to let her go, he, you can inspect the gun and it was, there's no ammo for the, there's nothing in it. It was empty. Oh. You know, I'm really glad I didn't know that because that would have really taken so much of the um, heaviness and the power out of that scene. If I had known that she wasn't going to shoot him, that wouldn't have been nearly as fun. I think I would have taken a lot of tension out of the scene. I'm kind of glad I didn't know that. Um, maybe this is sometimes good to not know everything. Yes. <laughs> it upped the stakes, you know, it upped the stakes a lot. Probably created the, the depth of that scene. As we were playing it, I really was struggling with how do I, what's going to go on here? What's going to happen? Yeah. It does work best that you didn't know that, you know, that you didn't have the opportunity to maybe see the previous game because, you know, you're, you're bringing your own take to it and you're not prejudiced by that previous scene. 
Mm. And maybe it's a creative decision on the part of, you know, the rest of the creative team to maybe not, you know, I don't know if they assumed that I knew these things. I know Tom knew that I didn't know anything. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And they, maybe, he did. maybe he thought that I knew a lot more about the character. You know, I'd read through her bio. I had seen stuff on like Wikipedia and stuff. But again, I chose to kind of put a lot of that stuff aside because it really wasn't what we were focused on. You know, it really yes. wasn't part of the storyline. And can I just ask, was it actually discussed in terms of what Ada's fate was? Because obviously I know we don't see it in the actual game. Did they sort of mention in just in terms of the direction when you say Ada just lets herself fall without, you know, screaming <laughs> helplessly, whether that was a death fall or that, you know, that we would see her again in future in future installments? I remember um, when I got that script and I was like, what? Nobody, well, she dies? I was like, her and Leon don't, you know, I was heartbroken about the love story. You know what I mean? I was like, yes. what do you mean? Like, because you really are living through that love story with everybody else. You know, I was like, but Leon, you can't just go on without me. What's going to happen? Um, so I was, you know, so I took it as just like, is this the end? And I'm pretty sure that someone hinted just like, wink, wink, you know, and I was like, oh. Okay, because then you're like, oh, wait a second, forget Leon and Ada. Really? Am I, is this it for me? Like, <laughs> am I not coming back? Like, that's, that's a little disheartening. I was more emotionally upset about the fact that, like, what do you mean Ada dies? And what about Leon? And does he go on without her? But no, but I've already had fans sort of say that, just like, how does Ada come back to life? You know, she comes back to life. You know, everyone else knows a lot more about it. Uh, than I do. So I was like, oh, so she doesn't. Because um, I just sort of assumed, you know, even while I, like, the, like you, the thing with the gun that you were talking about, I do go into it living the reality of what we're showing the audience, you know, or the reality of what that means in the moment. So yes. to me, she was dying at that. She was just letting go at that point. And she, that's just who she is. She's a very stoic person yeah. who's like yeah. this is how it ends this is how it goes and she says a bunch of times before you go in there she's like this is this might be a one-way ticket like we're probably not gonna make it out and if you're an assassin and you're someone who does what ada does you're probably gonna die at some point and so i took it more as like this was the end and um that was a very emotional scene where she's like hanging from the bridge and like i'm hanging from this crazy rope thing and and nick and i are trying to like work it out like there were tears you know it got very emotional we, we shot that for a while um i took it very much as like this was the end and this was was the two of them saying goodbye to each other and this was yeah. like the sad ending to a beautiful love story so um i didn't even though i'd gotten a couple wink winks i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play that and that's the way emotionally i want this to go down oh wow that's an incredible answer thank you they give they throw you into this love story between the two and they're like okay we're gonna cut the rope no <laughs> <laughs> and so leon's the one who's just like, no but you know of course ava's like hey no take care of yourself her last words are kind of like, I love you, right? Like, I love you. But, you know, that last moment to me, so maybe I put all this into it, but this is what we do as actors and probably a team. That last moment, it just out of, you have to deliver those lines was just like, take care of yourself means I love you. This is goodbye. I yes. hope the best, you know what I mean? Like carry this on. There's, it's so weighted. There's all these different words that you can say, but it's take care of yourself, Leon, you know? It's like in the original with Paul Haddad, who was voicing Leon. When Leon has to let go of Ada and she falls, you can hear the emotion in his voice when he says her name. And then he wails out her name again because he is so upset that he just yes. lost her. Oh, my God. You say that and I get all, like, teary-eyed. Uh, I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, God. You know? I mean, I didn't realize in the original that it was the same line, like, shut up, I've got you. But I was like, when as soon as he says that, I was like, I get all teary. I was like, oh, oh my God, you're so cute. Would it help if we send you a link of Ada giving Leon the runaround in Resident Evil 4? She's got, him on, she's got him around her little finger in Resident Evil 4, so don't worry. I would just love to see it. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, you know, you don't want everyone to be like, oh, well, this is just, you know, she's just letting go and I'm sure she's going to be fine. It's not real. You're not bringing the heaviness to that, to that moment that you want everyone, you want the audience to feel. I want to play it. It's edifying for me as an actor. Like I feel those things as I'm going through it. I feel all of those emotions as we're doing it. I was like, this is so sad. And even when we talk about it. So I, I, I want it to come across like that for the audience. You don't kind of want to give away the a happy ending. I wasn't taken out of the scene to then think, oh, well, it's okay because, you know, she, she survived in Resident Evil 4. No, mm-hmm. that, that did come across in your performance in that moment, as far as I was concerned. Ada was dying. That definitely yeah. came across. Absolutely. Good. I was just thinking about you. That makes two of us. I was getting worried. No, we make a good team. I gotta ask you something. Way's clear. Please, tell me you got it. Oh, I got it. Let me verify the G-sample when we get the hell out of here. Before we do that, I ran into Annette. She claims you're not FBI. Oh, Leon. Why couldn't you just hand over the sample? Because I realized, as much as I wanted to trust you, I didn't. I really hoped it wouldn't end up like this. So that's all this was? I was just some pawn to you? Look, I'm just doing my job. And I'm doing mine, so drop that damn gun! I'm taking you in. Hand over the sample, Leon. I don't want to hurt you. And you shoot me. But I don't think you can. yourself, Leon. No! I think I know the answer, the answer to this one. It comes from M. Greg and Jolene, he says, it has been confirmed that Ada Wong is not this character's true name, uh, but an alias. Do you think her true name should ever be revealed or should this mystery be left to Agent Wong's knowledge alone? Ooh, I like that question. You know, of course, I love the mystery, but I'm not the creator of the game. So I guess I would leave that to them. But um, I I prefer the mystery. I think as a as a fan, I guess you'd want more specifics, right? I kind of le- like to leave that out there for people to to wonder about. I feel like that's why these characters are fun. 
I think if you knew everything about her, you might be like, okay, next, you know, yeah, I think yeah. she, she stays alive, um, in everyone's imagination because she's, um, she's an enigma and she's, you know, you never kind of know, you can't really put your thumb on her, you know? So, um, I don't know. Let's keep, let's, I like the secrets. She seems like a woman with a lot of secrets and I like that, you know, she is a spy. <laughs> yeah. And you never really know who she's working for. You never really know what the end game is for her. I, and I like that. That's interesting what you say, because I think as fans, we do, and I certainly do, tend to crave maybe almost too much information and biography. And, you know, we, we scour the Japanese websites and, and, and the Japanese guidebooks and translate them for this extra information. How fun is that? Like that in it, in and of itself is also a game. Like I think that's great that everyone does that. Like there are, pro- there are, you know, characters in my life that you always want to know more about and you want to ask people, you know, I think that's awesome. I think it's great that, you know, people, you're scouring around for like bits of information. I think that's, that's part of the fun and part of the allure. And it's almost like, it's almost like the more information you get, it's almost like a new game piece. You know, you're like, well, now I've, I've got that together. I feel like their characters are almost like a game in and of itself. So I, I love that's a part of the whole. Mm world the whole process i think it's cool and i hope that doesn't stop and i like that they kind of it seems like the the creators of the game they just sort of like put out little tidbits for you to follow (laughs) (laughs) like you don't know that do you do you know that the thing with ada and some people have become frustrated they leave these breadcrumbs you sort of almost solve one mystery with ada but it then just throws up another mystery um Mm. but but no i'm with you that's part of the connection we have with the character and Mm. the um, the interesting thing about that character, that there is that, that level of mystery with her. And I think if that was all unraveled, then there would be less dimension to her. And maybe one day these, these questions will all be answered. Who knows how far this story goes? Well, if that is the case, I mean, very much hope. I'm sure Aaron agrees that, that that's with yourself reprising the role. I hope so too. I hope so too. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> mm. Because, mm. you know, it's fun because I get to learn more about the character as I play her. Like every day I go into work and I get to learn a little bit more. You know, I was like, ooh, that's fun. That's exciting. <laughs> it's almost like doing TV in that way. <laughs> Never really know what's happening with your character. And it's just a new fun surprise and something new to tackle like every single time. So it's like we sort of all learn together about what's happening, which is probably why, you know, there, there's so much secrecy over over the project until they decide yes. that it can go out there because they don't want any hints or clues or, you know, we know too much. This comes from myself and BSA Arkley, and we both ask, did Capcom provide you with any concept art, biography of the character, or any details to help you with her performance of Ada Wong? No, they didn't do anything like that, but it's all out there for me to see, and I'm sure if I had asked them for anything that I didn't have access to, they would have been happy to provide me with that. But, you know, I think they must have assumed that I'd, you know, done all of that footwork because they were, they felt pretty confident, I think, that we were all on the right track. You know, luckily there's so much out there in the Resident Evil franchise um, that I had access to everything that I needed. Yeah, and they would have, and I'm sure they would have been there for anything that I would have asked for and needed as well. I imagine you would have seen some sketches or concept art for Ada, if not for the Resident Evil 2 remake, but for your work on Damnation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, as we went along, you know, as they were sort of getting more of it together, they would show us a lot of the graphics and stuff. And it would just, okay. you know, it was almost like a like a party, you know, just like the, for group morale. They'd be like, look what we're doing. You know, and we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're bringing the, everything to life. We would constantly yeah. they would show us that as it was coming along. And it was just so exciting, you know, we'd just get our blood pumping and that feeling of us all kind of growing together and all of us like getting it together at the same time. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. 
This comes again from the Oracle Dragon. She asks, what was your take on performing? You've mentioned this yourself, Jolene, that even though we've seen her incarnation in previous and in future titles, we don't actually really know who Ada Wong is. So what was your, your own individual take on her? Okay, so my, my take from what I could pick up from her, I, I felt that she was, you know, she's an assassin. Or is she? I don't know. You know, <laughs> She's strong. She's confident. She's almost cold. She's efficient. She's uh, mm-hmm. deadly. She stays, you know, that idea that she's never really frazzled, that she's in complete control, um, that she's incredibly good at her job, that she's, I always imagined her as sort of like the top assassin, this sort of, you know, um, she's almost indestructible. Yes. Um, and she just doesn't have time for BS. She doesn't have time for, you know, she's, she's very on task. She's sort of got, she's got, we've got a one, like a tunnel vision to whatever she has to do next kind of thing, you know? So there are a lot of things that you can sort of like glean from that. And so a lot of her confidence comes from that. And a lot of sort of almost when you think of an assassin, you think of almost like a soldier, you know, that her physicality comes from and all of those things. So that's sort of where I started with her. And then the rest sort of comes out with the script and then you sort of have to adjust and move around starting with sort of that outside nuances, you know, we're like, this is where she starts. And then you can dig deeper as the character sort of develops. Back to um, the direction that you received for portraying Ada. Bloody I was curious if you received the same kind of direction when you were doing the CGI production of Damnation. Well, it was um, it was a bit different doing Damnation because um, I, I shot that in Japan and oh. um, the directors and everyone that was sort of in charge, they weren't they didn't speak English. So there's sort of a there was a translator between the two of us. Um, yes, there was direction. But since one was just simply mocap, I felt that I was able to really run with it. And to be honest, I felt like I really understood Ada. I, I felt like the way I portrayed her, I, you know, I kind of did what I wanted and I think they liked it. And I had seen some of her other things. I was like, ah, that's who she is. Like, how fun. She just is like, gets to be this like brash, really confident. She knows everything. She's, you know, it's like, (laughs) like, what a fun character. Like, she's always like the strongest person in the room, right? So, uh, you know, I remember the direction being somewhat nuanced back then, you know, because they had a vision of what they wanted. And then we just adjust a little bit. And I almost felt like a lot of times they were like, no, she's stronger. No, like make her lean forward a bit more. And I'm sure that that direction probably helped me shape her way back then um, and get her sort of in my head. Uh, And so this time, you know, it was a whole different experience because it was just so much more complicated. There was, you know, I I think since it was full performance and the team was so much bigger and you had your American contingent and you had your Japanese contingent and then you had all of these people sort of sorting it out. It just, it was a lot more involved process. I felt like it was a little bit simpler the first time. And this was a lot more of this felt like shooting a movie where the last one felt a little bit more like, okay, we're going through the physicality and it it was easier. You just sort of focused on one thing. Uh, Whereas this was much more, every moment was a little bit more complicated and had a lot more depth and, you know, there's a lot more direction. Okay, the question, the last one, is from Albert Wesker, 187 of North America. And he says, I want to start off thanking the very beautiful and talented Jolene Anderson for taking her time from her busy schedule to join us today. How has voice acting changed or enhanced your life as both an on-screen character and as an individual? Uh, Well, thank you for the accolades, first of all. I'm so happy that my character has been well-received. And how is voice acting? Um, You know, it's just, I feel like it's something we do. Um, It's just a part of the package. It's just part of being an actor. And I've I've got to do a a lot more voiceover since I've started uh, working in video games. And so it only adds to sort of my, like, 
toolbox, but a lot of it, like everything else, kind of feeds on each other. You know, um, it all it all makes you a better actor. You know, it all yes. uh, just makes you better at whatever you're doing. So, um, and you have to take it very seriously. Like something like this, um, you have to take very seriously. It's not like you're sort of doing a um, tutorial or or you know, sort of doing a commercial thing. Like you know, you've got a character that you have to just completely kind of voice, and you have to move in a certain way. I think it just makes you a stronger performer. Do you remember any funny moments while you guys were recording? Hundreds. <laughs> so fun. If you can imagine just playing with these crazy, I don't know if you've ever seen how motion capture is done, right? This is what it's one of my favorite things to do, right? Because you're in this empty space. You've sort of got some sticks that are like, that's um, that's a cave over there. There's a giant monster, and you're gonna fall in love over here, and then your friend's gonna die, and go, you know. And it's just like you feel like a six-year-old. It's yeah. just so wonderful in your imagination, and you're running around with guns, and you're trying not to go pew 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 pew. Sometimes we do. And then if you screw up and like, it's so much fun, it's just like we're just kids yeah. running around, crazy dialogue, trying to do these like crazy things. And then in between, it's just it's like silliness and so much fun, so much fun. <laughs> so you can only imagine how like annoying yeah. we all. It's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's brilliant. Probably we can't air any of the jokes. There can't, there's probably um, some really terrible yeah. behind the scenes. <laughs> I was just hearing all that. I'm surprised sort of Nick didn't bring in his own cosplay and, you know, dressing as Leon. And <laughs> Oh, he didn't have to. He's he's very Leon, but um, Nick's hilarious. It's super adorable. Everyone is so much fun. Well, like I said, um, it's a group effort. That's come across throughout the interview throughout that it's, it was a team effort. The input that you've had both from, from directors and the other actors that you were so lucky to work alongside. All I can say is just thank you so much. I'm happy been, to do it. Thank oh. you so much for loving it so much. It's just really awesome. Just telling us everything that you did and gone through and stuff is really, really insightful for everybody because now we get a basic understanding how you guys put all this work and effort into the characters and stuff and then we actually get more attached to them yeah and we do it for you like you know like we're yeah we want for you guys to love this so much is so is just it's come full circle like our hearts couldn't be more full it's like really all we wanted was for you guys to feel this way and so um, i'm happy to talk to you for hours about it i'm happy to reach out to the fans because um you know we care so much about how much they love the game and how much they love the characters genuinely that comes across in, in all your performances all your fans, not just your work in Resident Evil, where our interview is published in the descriptions, we'll have links to your, I know you have your Facebook page where people can see the photography of, of your modelling, your other acting roles, and I know that you're, you're recording a film at the moment. Yeah, I'm just getting started on a film called Attack of the Unknown, which is, uh, so it's up on IMDb, so it's not a secret. Yeah, it's a really fun, like, end of the world, alien, uh, action-packed, kind of horror-ish film, so that's going to be really cool. Some of the graphics have been, you know, have been sending me some really cool stuff the aliens and they're almost like um oh, they're really creepy and scary and it's just it's gonna be really really fun sounds like something that crosses over to the resident evil world so where any links to information to, to that movie fans of yours will certainly be able to find that anywhere that we mention your name awesome. on our websites oh no problem i love it i love talking about it it's really cool this is why we did it this is just like an extension this is like a happy extension of a job that's over <laughs> oh i just you know to listen to an actor that really i mean particularly as someone who's not a gamer that you really have embraced his character and, and so genuinely and sincerely enjoyed it it would just be amazing if, if, if you can get to reprise ada for resident evil 4 so yeah. we will be beating that drum for you jolene i can assure excellent. you <laughs> excellent okay well you guys have a great rest of your weekend and it was nice to meet you. Yeah, like I said, you guys, you reach out anytime. Okay? <laughs>
Can you see that area behind me beneath the red-tinted sky? That is what's left of Raccoon City. Our platoon is cut off. No survivors found. I'd rather starve to death in here than be eaten by one of those undead monsters. We're both gonna die. Shoot. Down! I lost all my men because of her! All is lost. Cries of agony. Scrooge! Unity breeds power. 